to Martini Shot, a podcast production of Nanico Studios. I'm Sarah. And my name is Jordan. And... Oh. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> and I'm their guest, Akima. I'm excited to be here tonight. Akima, we're so stoked to have you. You yeah. are the official first guest on the Martini Shot podcast. Um, couldn't be more happy that it's you. I, I mean, we've only known you for a very short time. But it's been such a so fun, and I'm just so happy that we have a chance to talk with you. And I mean, I can't to be honest with you, Kima. Like I was talking, this, talking with Sarah earlier. I don't, I can't even gra- like wrap my head around all the things that you're doing and involved in. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to like to a moment where you can, are going to sit there and you're like, yes, here's the 75 things I'm currently doing. So I'm like, oh yeah, I can contextualize it better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to squeal in your ear because I'm just like, I, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll break it down. I don't even know what I'm doing most of the time. So it's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> what a great way to uh, start off uh, um, with our first guest too. You know, something that we're all about is local filmmaking and Akima is a proud advocate for that uh, in, in our state of Delaware. So what a, I just want to thank you for, um, doing what you do. I mean, we'll get into what you do exactly uh, soon, but I just want to thank you for all your hard work that you've put into uh, making this, uh, making the state of Delaware just a little bit more uh, into, into the film scene. I, I appreciate you for thanking me, but I thank both of you for all of your, your energy and your commitment and your passion in making it happen. So it doesn't happen without everybody. So I'm excited. And I thank you both for, for what you've done so far and looking forward to what we do next. <laughs> I guess to start off, I think the most appropriate thing is, Akima, can you just like introduce yourself to the people? Tell us who you are, what you're all about. That's how vague I'm going to leave it. <laughs> That's how I guess. <laughs> so prepare for me to take up the next hour. No, I'm um, So I'm a frustrated comedian. That's that, I missed my first calling. Um, so basically, I am Akima A. Brown. I'm a filmmaker, an advocate, and um, a nonprofit founder. I have a passion for work-life balance in the film industry. And I think the reason that um, that spills over into what I do here in terms of Delaware and bringing it home is that I wanna be able to work close to where I live and I wanna be able to do the work that I love. And um, I, I want to be able to sort of, I wanna see my kid at night, <laughs> like that's, that's, you know? Um, lots of conversations around that right now in the industry, and I'll, I'll leave that there, uh, involved in those two, but um, just really wanting to sort of be able to do the work I love, be around the people I love, um, be in a place that I love. And so Delaware is quickly becoming home. I've, I've been here less than three years. And, um, you know, that's everything that my nonprofit stands for as well, working with families and parents, caregivers who work in the film industry and uh really just kind of creating a better work-life balance and and figuring out what that looks like so try to implement that on my films as well so i, I am a filmmaker i would love to make some things here in delaware if anyone's out there listening in the, in the ethos <laughs> <laughs> sooner rather than later that would be great uh, just wrapped up but no i did i just wrapped a uh, i just wrapped a short in georgia couple months ago and we were you know striving for like 10 hour days and making sure that we had ethical practice everybody was you know we of course we followed all the COVID protocols but it was also about family protocols and making sure that we created a structure that allowed for people you know take a break got to talk to your kid or something's happening at home and just figuring out how to be a bit more holistic in the filmmaking practice um so yeah so that's that's really kind of my my whole thing I'm a mom I am a parent and caregiver so that that's kind of I think why it's always on my purview. Um, I like my family. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're cool. They're cool. What got Akima? What got what got you into film in the first place? Like, how long have you been in the industry? Like, I know I know vaguely that you've kind of been all around. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Okay, awesome. So I actually have been film adjacent all of my life. Um, I started off. Um, I auditioned for a few commercials. Didn't actually get any roles. But uh, when I was a teenager, I have, you know, done student films for as long as I can remember. But um, it was after I graduated from college and my friends then started to, I think I dragged them into it. That's how it goes. Yeah, they started to work on films and uh, they were, you know, pitching to different networks and, and cable shows. 
and so they said, you know, love to have you come on and, you know, kind of help me build out the story or, you know, assess this, analyze, do things like that. So that's kind of how I got my foot in. And then once I found out that I was going to actually be a mom, which is not what most people do when they find this out, I was like, yeah, no more being an educator, no more research. I'm, I'm going to go do the thing I love. I'm going to go make films. And so yeah. I actually went back to film school. Yeah, <laughs> that was a very interesting time. Um, but I decided I was going back to film school and I got to work on my first feature film and get my first professional credit before I graduated. And the rest, that was that was history. Like I've I've been operating under that ever since. Like just took that first credit and kept leveraging it for more. So yeah. No, that's awesome. I have lived everywhere. I've worked in <laughs> Georgia, New York. Um, I I would typically go wherever the work was. Um, and that really worked for me for a while because my son, um, I was homeschooling, you know, it was very fluid. We we do whatever works, but um as my family members are starting to get older, I kind of want to be more stationary and, and structured. And so Delaware has kind of become it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that, to be honest. But I'm kind of, you know, Delaware is, I can't even say it's growing on me. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here at this point. You're not, I mean, you're not the first person. As, as someone who was born and raised and you know, was in Delaware till I went to college. I never, when I left Delaware the first time, I was like, I'm never coming back. And I've come back several times. So, <laughs> so, so I get it. Where are you now, Jordan? Uh, I'm actually in Delaware this very <laughs> second <laughs> because, because I might have um some plans at a Firefly Music Festival this weekend. So uh, I was like, mom, dad, can I come say? So yes, yeah, so I'm actually, um, in my not necessarily my childhood bedroom, but the bedroom in which I stay when I come home. So that's where we are. <laughs> yes. Um, but usually, but um, but my my real place of residence and my office is in, is excuse me is in Philly. So it's close enough to Delaware. It's you know a hop, skip, and a jump. Um, but Akima, when you're work like in the when you're doing working on projects, like what's in what capacity do you find yourself? Um, working like a lot. Of, I know when we talked last, I feel like you were really into pre-production work or what, I guess what's, I'm silly to say, what your hats do you wear? Cause it's like, let me pick one out of the 75. Um, but I guess yes. what, what capacity do you work? I, for me, I define myself as a writer first and foremost. Cool. Like that is really, I am a storyteller. I am a world builder. I love the writing. Um, and then from there, I would definitely say a producer, like my, my, the way my brain works, I just, you know, as Jordan, you can attest. I just, I kind of, I'm like pieces. Can we put them together any kind of way? This, this is what do we do with these? Um, so how do we make them work? How do we, how do we optimize everything? So that those two are the primary ones. I've never directed anything. Um, I hope to one day, but writer producers definitely. If you start asking me what you know, what do I do? I have done casting. I've done post production. I've done story producing. Like I've done all these different things, but you ask me, what do you do? <laughs> there you go. I like that. It's it's hard to like, particularly when you have so many interests and you're passionate about so many things, it's hard to label yourself because you feel like you're putting yourself in a box you don't necessarily want to be in. So I understand. Yes. I love that people are like multi-hyphenate because it just encompasses everything. So I I will use that term, especially when I'm, I'm on a project like I just was on. It's like, so multi-hyphenate creator because everything what what do you need like lead pa it doesn't even matter like everything we'll do it all so yeah cool what like um can you give us a little hint about the project the short you're working on in georgia or is that like too soon I sure can. nope i can Ooh. i can actually talk about that thankfully now. <laughs> uh so the the project is actually part of a fellowship and it's intended um to amplify diversification in the film and television industry and so um we, I am one of six Black producers who was brought on to tell a story around education in America. And so um, I chose to tell the story of servicing special needs students during the pandemic. And it was, uh, it was an interesting story to tell and interesting to put together. And I got to work with some great, amazing people. And so my hope is that it will serve as a proof of concept for something a bit longer. And of course, you know, I'm like, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I can uh, do that 
at home who knows right so yeah oh that'd be sick that's awesome so i I mean once again i know you just wrapped but like do we have anything when it comes to like a potential release situation or is that like way too early to call so a little too early to call all i can say is that um the fellowship directors also serve as the executive producer so they're handling all of you know in terms of release and distribution but there will be screenings and my hope is to sort of get Delaware in there a little bit. Yes. Well, you do realize you now have to let us know when the screenings anywhere that's like remotely close to us because yeah, we need I'll all. Yeah, i the first one in line. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so, so much. I would look, I, you have no idea. I would love to see that. No, I, I have asked because um, the fellowship program is in New York. I'm based in Delaware and then we shot in Georgia. So I was like, yeah, typical me all over the place. Uh, but I'm hoping that what I'll be able to do is is have some kind of either a local screening or a virtual screening where I can bring on some of the Delaware filmmakers uh, who've expressed an interest in making things here. So we can say, all right, this is the project we might want to, you know, try to push and see what happens. So. Oh, that'd be so sick. Great. Oh, I love it. I, lo- I just love it. To be honest, we could talk shop for like 45 years and I'd be okay with it because it just, it just, so, it's just so fun to just talk about what, you know, when you have fr- your friends and what projects are you working on? And that's one of the, even with Sarah, I know we'd like meet to talk about our, the projects that we're working on, but it usually turns into what else are you doing? Like, <laughs> so I, so it, like we could just sit back and talk about this forever. Um, but I mean, it, it's interesting to me, but who knows? <laughs> that was good. Um, so, but you're talking about, once again, not a lot of people come to Delaware when they don't already have some type of like family or things. What brought you from your world travels to Delaware to establish a home base? Family. Uh, uh, hey, there it is. <laughs> that'll do it. Family. That, that'll, that'll do it every single time. Yeah. The... Our family just is slowly migrating uh, from all of these other places to Delaware. And so I found myself here and I I came with the intent of like, all right, I'll help you guys set up and do this. And then I'm, you know, I'm gone and I was like, oh, I kind of like it here. I kind of like that. Well, that's, well, that's nice. Well, this is different. Well, and one day I woke up and was like, I'm home. <laughs> okay. All right. Happy. Got it. Sounds good. So, yeah. No, see, I love to hear it, though, because like I feel like I spent a lot of my energy trying to convince other people how great Delaware is. And I'm like, yes, I know I don't currently live there, but it's because it's hard, you know, professionally for what I'm trying to get into. It's hard to find those opportunities. But I, I'm obsessed with Delaware, particularly particularly Southern Delaware, where Sarah and I are from. Um, <laughs> but we'll give love to the North as well. Um, no, yes. but We appreciate it. I'm, I'm central right now, but uh, I, I kind of have an affinity for the North. We have this conversation. <laughs> so my next question would have to be then, now that you're in Delaware, uh, mostly for family reasons, what brought you to the office slash political advocate side of uh, the film industry? Oh, um, that is such a great question. So it's not something that's new to me here in Delaware, actually. Um, I have always been quasi-political, I guess you could say. Um, I've always sort of paid attention to social justice and kind of had a social consciousness. And I've always felt like policy really does determine how things move. Um, I've always felt that. And so I've, I've always been very involved in politics. I studied political science in undergrad, was very big and like, you know, galvanizing and that kind of stuff. So um, in Georgia, during the um, gubernatorial elections, I was involved with a, a collective of individuals that created uh, Vote Georgia Film. And basically filmmakers putting on PSAs and commercials and, mm-hmm. and you know, putting together these short promos to, you know, basically promote voting because a lot of times you have a transient population in the film industry that is like, oh, yeah, well, I live in Louisiana, but uh-huh. I'm working here in Georgia. And it's like, yeah, but you've been here for four years. So maybe get a driver's license and, <laughs> and register to vote. Uh, so, you know, so it, those were the kinds of things that... Um, I've just kind of always been involved in. Same thing when I was in Virginia. I I was very active with the Virginia Production Alliance and sort of looking at, you know, how do we repackage incentives, things like that. So 
when I came to Delaware and I immediately, the first thing I did was I looked for, you know, what is the local production alliance or collective? Um, who are those people? Where, where do they exist? Where's the commission, the film office? You know, what, what, what is the state-based entity that kind of propels the film industry here in Delaware? And when I didn't quite find it, um, the first thing I thought of was, okay, what do people do? <laughs> and where are these people? And how do I get, how do I find them? How do I become friends with them? Because I have to work. So how do you find work? And the more that I, I dug and I delved in, the more I learned that there was a, a sort of gap between the policy and the execution of that policy. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of my wheelhouse. Like that's that's the place that I've always sort of dwelled in. It's like, so bridging that gap between what you said and what we're doing, what does that look like? And so just been in there ever since. And that's how <laughs> that's how the Friends of Delaware film was was born. I I, I know I jumped ahead a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how that whole thing uh for anyone who doesn't know about Friends of Delaware Film? It's an awesome collective of just phenomenal filmmakers local to Delaware who are looking to create an actual ecosphere and make film production part of the creative economy here. And again, that goes back to policy. So, and outside of that, because correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Real Families for Change that's only a year old. Is that correct? Or that is correct. So, so there was, it was through that. Um, so is that, a, is that then a, a COVID start? Like, are we, we're, I'm trying to do a timeline here. Then what? Okay, so cool. it wasn't that it started because of COVID. So it came about as a result of um, several of us who, the, the five founding members of the organization, we had worked together before um, under an initiative that was looking to bring together mothers in the filmmaking industry. Mm. And so we had started having conversations about all of us are moms, all of us are filmmakers, um, we have producers, we have um, editors, uh, we've got costume designers, set designers, buyers. And so we were already looking at how do we improve the work-life balance scope for mothers. But as we started to have these conversations and hold these meetings, we would find that there were single dads who had questions, or we would find that there were um, individuals who were caretakers. And that's kind of my where my heart goes out because parents are a protected class but caretakers often are not Mm -hmm. and so um we just started to really look at well how do we sort of bring that together and the organization we were working with um they shuttered during covid so we were kind of like okay the 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 show must go on (laughs) this needs Mm -hmm. to continue um and so i i sort of said okay here's what I'm willing to do. Like I will, I'm in Delaware, which is a great space for, you know, incorporating, let's get this done. <laughs> and um, that's, and Real Families for Change was born. And and so between all of us, you know, we pulled together the logo and the website and, you know, the, the slogans and all those different things. And we said, okay, so it's not only mothers, but it's parents, it's caregivers, it's guardians, it's looking at the whole family structure. And then even as we started to do that, we found there were people who said, I wanna participate because I would like to have a family someday, or you know, I want to be married, or I want to have a, you know, a partnership or relationship, I want to have children someday. I, I, need, to, I need this to get better, and mm-hmm. so, We've been we've been working that way ever since. And as far as us being a COVID story, we've done a lot with regard to virtual. Like a lot of our initiatives have been virtual. So surveys go out, emails go out. Um, we're actually this year in our second year going to try to recreate the community structure that we you know that we all kind of came from. This is how we all came together with um, monthly meetings and things like that to bring people together around the other programs and initiatives. But a lot of virtual outreach, um, a lot of Slack communication, <laughs> um, a lot of Zoom calls, but 
it works for us because that's actually what we would like to see more of the industry do. We want to see more job sharing. We want to see, you know, where when you job share, you can you can bear the load a bit better. That everything doesn't fall on one person. Um, if there are parts of a job that can be, you know, split up and redistributed to ensure that people actually have the time and space to get that done and still live life. Um, flex time, remote work, um, you know, childcare subsidies, things like that. So we, we've, we've been very, 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 very <laughs> aware <laughs> of COVID. Um, we've also been looking at how do we ensure that people are staying in the workforce? That that's mm. been a big deal. Once, once um, COVID hit and we found that there were a lot of people who were displaced as a result of production closures, we found that going back to work meant you haven't done anything for months and now you're, you know, you're in need of childcare. So what we would do is we've created a childcare grant. Well, it's really a dependent care grant because we do find that caretakers have similar issues, but often are not eligible for childcare support. So we created these grants that allow for them to be able to actually subsidize the cost of their care and be able to return to work. So yeah, we, we're, we're trying to pay attention to COVID and, and where it's going and try to stay a little bit ahead of the, the game, a little ahead of the curve there. <laughs> Not always successful, long <laughs> shot, uh, but we try. <laughs> now is Real, Ch- uh, Real Families for Change um, involved in any sort of way with things that are happening in Hollywood right now with the, um, uh, what's the, current the 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 proper would would be international alliance of theatrical stage employees i-a-t-s-e yep yes i see so yes (laughs) um (laughs) in that we we do have a number of our members who are who are members of iatsi and uh we have actually been partnering with the individuals from ia stories and brick crew um stories and just a number of the the other entities that are sort of focused on that particularly. And what we're trying to do is work with them to acknowledge the, um, you know, the solidarity for those who are non-union members because their current negotiations and their potential strike authorization actually has the potential to change the scope of things for those who are not in the union as well. Yeah. So we're, we're really trying to like, bear down on that <laughs> um, and and make that a focus. Um, as someone who's not in the union, again, these are things I, I you know, I just kind of think about those who may not necessarily have certain protections or coverages and might be exposed um, to certain toxicity, if you will, <laughs> because they, they don't have those protections. Um, We actually also conducted a study. Um, It was a sustainability study, and we did it over the course of um, a couple of months. And we got um, a couple hundred people who did reply. And what we found was, in terms of work-life balance, there are a number of people who are like, we need a universal plan Mm -hmm. in the industry. Like, the industry right now is the wild, wild west. Everyone kind of makes it up on each production, and every production gets to figure it out. And so we're looking to take the information that we got from those stats, along with the stories that are coming out of IA, along with the conversations around the negotiations, and figure out how do we streamline this so that potentially in the future, moving forward, we we have a way to say, okay, this is systemized. Like, we, we have a genuine (laughs) universal plan when you go into production to ensure there's going to be rest periods. There's going to be, you know, um, a minimum rest period before your next call, before turnaround. There's going to be reasonable accommodations. Um, OSHA compliances are going to be followed. Like just the laundry list, the gamut. So we're not directly involved and partnered. We do have some meetings coming up with some folks from IATC just to kind of get an idea of, you know, if there is a way for us to officially partner on a, on a larger scale. But yeah, right now we're, we're just kind of standing in solidarity with, with those who are looking to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm definitely excited to see where this heads and and hopefully in a positive direction, because I, 
I, I've, you know, suddenly been learning all this information at once about what's been happening, and I would love to um, see some change as well. So I'm really excited that you guys are invested um, in the lives um, in, of filmmakers and the, the fact that you believe that filmmakers have lives, believe it or not. <laughs> so Yes, I... I... One of the things I talk about all the time, and I, someone somewhere is going to hear this and go, oh, God, um, because I say it all the time, which is essentially, it's a value issue. It really is a value issue. Um, there are a lot of people who think that because we get to do this work, if you will, that it's a choice. Retweet. I, <laughs> yeah. and I, I say all the time, you know, we get to do this work. But don't forget, it work. It's it's not you know we get to go on this vacation. That's not what it's, we get to do. This work. It is work. Um, it's paid work, which means that it should be paid a living wage. It is work, which means that we need to take into account that there needs to be rest, that there needs to be balance, that we we need to actually value and respect the individuals doing that work. And the fact that we are now looking at you know, and I think this is really where some of that that nudge kind of comes in and that dig is that we're looking at the fact that during a pandemic, streaming service is really how people got by. So that work actually helped people to stay sane and to stay grounded and to stay informed all throughout a, a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. But then you don't value that work at the same level that you do anyone else. And no, it's not brain surgery. And no, we're not, you know, curing cancer and things like that or putting out fires. But we also have to take into account the social emotional component of the work that we do. We also have to take into account the fact that there is a a very real impact that arts and culture has on our communities and on our development and on our families and all that. So there are elements that we, because we've learned to kind of dismiss it and devalue it, that we kind of say, oh, well, because if you want to work in this industry, then you can be treated like crap and it's fine because you chose it. And versus why would you treat another human being that way? Mm-hmm. Like that says more about you than it does about the person who chose to work in this field. So yeah, it um, it's death. Definitely something we're invested in. I'm losing my earpieces. No, I'm getting all emphatic. But yeah, it's definitely something that we that we take very seriously. And we are a hearts and minds mission kind of of organization where we definitely do the practical work and we definitely put in the time and we're vested. But we recognize that the war we're trying to win is the war of hearts. And, you know, it, it really is about changing people's perspective and changing their, their feelings. Um, yeah, I got into a, a, an IG war the other day with a guy around this, and, and I don't know if he actually, you know, changed his mind, but I know he went away. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else he responded to after I was done, it was like, where'd he go? So I, I don't know. I'm hoping that meant you know, in my head, I want to believe that meant that he took the time to, you know, step back and ponder on yeah. what I said. And, and maybe it made some kind of a dent. Um, but it was basically around exactly that. He basically dismissed someone and said, you know, that's how you feel. And I was like, well, real quick. <laughs> Let me just. <laughs> why is it? Why, why aren't feelings enough? Mm-hmm. Why, why is that? Why have we dismissed that? That's important. Um you know, and so it was it was a whole lot longer than that because he said some really other mean and ugly things to mm. people. But um, you know, it that's really what it comes down to. That's where the best that's where the investment I think for us comes in is yeah. we wanna see that shift because we we it's just human value. It really is, it's just human value and decency and respect across the board for workers who are choosing to work in a creative space. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a great point. I think, cause that's even something personally that I've like struggled with in the past is it's like, I shouldn't complain about this 50, 60 plus hour work week because I get to do what I love. Like, you know, and so I think that, that I, I didn't, wasn't aware of, of what the implications of that kind of mindset until fairly recently. And so, and it's like, 
because that exactly it. I was like, I'm not, you know, I don't have this. Like, uh, my twin sister's a pharmacist, so she particularly now in COVID, she's having really tough emotional situations and choices. And I'm like, well, how can I complain about the, you know, when I human lives aren't dependent on the choices I make? But but still, like to your point, it's about value, and I think that's that's a that's a great. Uh, if, if there's one thing to kind of ground it in, that's that's a beautiful way to put it in, in a way that's like accessible to like, it's not about, you know, it's not apples to apples. It's, it's about value. And so anyway, that, I think that's, that's beautiful. And I, this is actually the first time I've really um, have heard from you about your, your nonprofit and what you guys are working towards. And that's particularly to bring up Sarah's question in light of what's happening right now in Hollywood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if fascinating is the word, but, it, but it, it's, it's great to know that there's people like you, and, and the people that are in this organization and others that are taking it by the helm, you know, and, and really surging forward on this. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I'm grateful to work with the people I'm working with on this. Like, there's there are some really dedicated people, like, round the clock, constantly, you know, staying on top of this mm-hmm. stuff. So it, it's, I'm in good company. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I am humbled daily. Uh, by the people who, you know, just that reach out or that are like, hey, you know, can you help us with this? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So we've talked about um, a little bit of your first organization, Real Families for Change, um, which focuses obviously on on the livelihoods and and the well-being of um, filmmakers and their families. Um, In contrast to that, you're also in another organization, or at least you started it, and and it's been exciting to um, help be a part of it um, as as a small production, um, trying to make it in Delaware and in in small states. Um, But talk about um, the Friends of Delaware Filmmaking Group, where um, you obviously advocate for filmmaking in Delaware. Absolutely. Uh, So yeah, Friends of Delaware Film, it's is an informal collective of concerned citizens who want to see film production uh, take off in Delaware. And so, as I have mentioned before, my my foremost goal, anytime I go anywhere, I want to be able to work. I want to work close to home. I want to be near my family, doing what I love, near the people I love. And um, so when I came to Delaware, that's the first thing that I looked for. That's the, that's the very first thing that I went out, you know, and sought. And what I found was that there was no central hub of communication for filmmakers in the in the Delaware state, so throughout the state. And so I just started reaching out. I just started like, okay, so what is this? And I remember, and it's very interesting, I remember very distinctly because I went and looked up Delaware Film Commission, <laughs> um, there was an article, Lights Action Delaware, and I believe it was in Delaware online. I might be misquoting that. But um, I got super excited because I saw where the governor, you know, had the previous governor had just signed the commission um, into statute and it was, you know, effective and all these things. And so when I couldn't find the commission, I started to look into, well, what division is this commission housed under? And then I found that and they went, it's not here. <laughs> so, okay, so where is it? And just kept going, kept going, kept going. And Paul Wegraff, who is now retired from uh, the Delaware Division of the Arts, he actually said, well, you know, this is interesting because I don't know that anyone has actually asked this question. Like, this is, this is odd. And I said, well, can you maybe help me find other filmmakers? Like, can you, can you help me with this? And so they basically started to put me in touch with some of their previous filmmaking fellows and they put me in touch with a couple of uh, production houses. And so I just started talking to folks and basically that's, I, I came to the same consensus, which was, so there's no central space. So you all are saying the same exact thing, but not to each other because there's no central space. Hey, Paul, <laughs> what would it take uh, to get everybody in the same room? And he's like, sending an invitation. And that, that was that. So we, we had a Delaware Filmmakers Night. And what we did was we put that together under the, um, it basically became an extension of the artist grant. So I asked Paul, what would it take for us to get everybody in the same room? And he said, you know, to schedule it. <laughs> so that's what we did. And it basically ended up coming on the tail end of the artist opportunity grant. So 
Roxanne Yard. Oh, wait, nope, wrong Roxanne. Oh, I'm gonna say her last name wrong. I'm so sorry, Roxanne. You know I love you. I it's after eight o'clock at night. Um, but <laughs> Roxanne is the program coordinator for the DDA, and she basically put together this incredible program and talked about the artist opportunity grant, and then she turned it over to me, and you know I just basically said, hey. <laughs> We're all here. We're all filmmakers. We all have a desire to make films. Let's help each other out. So a bunch of people were interested. They they signed up. We have a listserv that um, is on Electric Embers. And I feel like that link needs to be shortened as I'm saying and I'm realizing that uh, I probably should have created like a tiny URL for that. Um, <laughs> or or the person who's running the Instagram account can make a better LinkedIn bio so that then they can just click on the- <laughs> I, I, I like that idea a lot I really do I'll um, talk to the person yeah, on the Instagram account I, thank you I appreciate that she's wonderful by the way she's, bye she's, she's uh, but but yeah um, we, we have this wonderful listserv that allows for people to sign up and we can share information with one another um, there's now a holding website i won't say it's an official website but it's a holding website um friends of defilm.com and that basically is a space for people to learn a little bit about what we do but also to help build the assets here in delaware so as we are making a case for what's possible we also need to be able to actually see what's possible so there's a space um, for people to click on a google form that will allow them to input information about crew if they know someone or are someone who is a filmmaker in Delaware and they want to sign up or if they know of locations for filming. Um, and so there's a form there that will actually allow them to fill it out, put in pictures, descriptions, things like that. And then we can begin to kind of create a library and a directory on the site um, in order to make those things happen. As well as we just reached out to a few counties and hopefully we'll have some information to put on uh, Yay Sussex, by the way, just gonna, Exactly. I'm so happy. Yes. <laughs> I know you were thinking it. I know you were thinking it. Um, we reached out to a few counties about, you know, just their their special permits and, and permitting processes and what those look like. And, you know, we're still waiting to hear back from a few, but we're like, hey, how can filmmakers actually figure out what to do? And Sussex just kind of had it down. Um, they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll put a special little box and do like this. And all right, we're done. I was just like, oh, <laughs> all right then um so but what what we are looking at is actually creating some kind of a streamline for newcastle and uh kent in order to sort of make sure that when filmmakers come to get a special permit there will be something there that kind of helps them and guides them through the actual process when it's a film versus just a special event a live event or you know a temporary space rental um, and so, yeah, so we, we're hoping to have all of those things on the site and build the site out and make it more dynamic over time. But yeah, the goal really is just to to have this collective exist to sort of say, hey, this is how film can really plug into Delaware and into the creative economy in Delaware, because I think that's going to be really big, especially as we're talking about COVID, really, really big in recovery. Creative economy mm-hmm. is kind of what's making the rebuild possible in so many places. So. something that i like you've said uh i feel like a a lot but when the first time i heard it i was like this is that's a a great phrase i would love for you to speak a little bit because you talk a lot about um the film creating a film ecosphere in delaware and i would love would love to hear you kind of talk about what what that means to you it's so much in my head (laughs) basically creating the film ecosphere the long and short of it is that in an ecosphere, there are all of these different um, elements and habitats and uh, habitants that rely on one another, right? And if anything is out of balance, it all kind of it, it kind of comes out of whack. It all comes undone. And so, creating a film ecosphere is essentially looking at the fact that we don't just want to bring productions into Delaware, and we don't just want to have productions that are created in Delaware. We don't just want festivals. We don't just want shorts. We don't just want features. We don't just want television. It really is creating this sort of comprehensive, symbiotic 
relationship throughout the film industry, but based in Delaware, that allows for a fluid pipeline and all of it relies on each other. So you have students who are training and they're learning the craft in school. And then whether prior to graduation or right after, there will then be opportunities for them to hone that craft and work professionally, either as an apprentice or a paid professional, which then gives them hours, which allows them to be union reps, which then, you know, so it's like this whole thing, but then you also have productions coming in that are making that possible. You also have local filmmakers that are making that possible. You have studio-based stuff going on. You've got indie stuff going on. It's like, it's, it's an entire process that relies on everything within it and around it to really be able to thrive. And on top of that, again, it's, it's a small, even in that ecosphere, then it's still a part of that greater, wider whole, which is the creative economy. And that creative economy is part of the larger capital economy, which then is part of the larger whole of all Delaware. So it's like, here's this thing that plays its part, but all of its parts have to be working together. So that's kind of the ecosphere component of it, as opposed to just, yeah, let's make movies. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's got to be a fully comprehensive whole um, in order to really thrive and work well. Absolutely. And I, honestly, Akima, that was, I remember, so how we first met, well, I'll say e-met because it, I, it was back in like uh, early summer, I was in contact with a woman um, trying to get a boom up for a, a project we were working on. And then we were in conversation. She's like, oh, have you heard about this Friends of Delaware film thing or film group? And I was like, uh, no, it sounds like everything I want to be part of and more, like send me the information. <laughs> and so I, I'm not, I, like in full disclosure, I remember going to this, the first Zoom meeting a little bit apprehensive and skeptical because I'm like, ah, I've been to these meetings before. I know what happens here. And then when Akiva Brown came on screen to talk about like when she took the like the reins and it was like like to your um when it comes to like creating the uh, the creator economy again the creative economy as well as this film ecosphere i w- i've always been so impressed and continue to be so impressed by your vision and like and your scope because it, and, and whereas i'm i'm just a selfish filmmaker like i don't ca- i i just want to be able to like live in, in and work in delaware like that's all that's all that was that's been my like tunnel focus and w- to hear like no 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 this is in order for this to happen all these other things also have to happen and better than that this now is serving such a vast population for this this greater vision it's like a, in a collective and i was like Oh shoot! I never had this perspective before. So that's something that's like so. It's so fun to hear you talk about uh, uh, the your vision and also the vision for for and and to have that once again that perspective and the ability to even though you're you're it's not you know you're accustomed to being boots on the ground you know getting your out like your hands dirty writing producing and all the other things but the fact that you're able to do that but also once again have that that perspective to see how we all work in this is is so is such mm-hmm. an, an encouragement so i'm i'm the like sarah and i are like the founding members of the kim brown fan club um so. <laughs> yeah yep thank you i, yeah. I appreciate that i i i've never had a fan club <laughs> we're making buttons right now it's fine no, it's good. Yeah. Yep. seriously i know i've said it before but i do i i appreciate you both because it it doesn't it doesn't happen without people who say, oh yeah, I agree with this, you know? I can be somewhere standing on a soapbox and, and saying all these things and it's like, that lady. Um, but <laughs> but to have people who, who see it and who agree with it and who, again, value, who see the value in it and see not just, you know, what is right now, but also what's possible. And, because this is the key, and are willing to take the necessary steps to bring it forth. Um, Anyone can say, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> but to say, yeah, that's a great idea. And what can I do? Like, that is where my heart goes out to both of you and where I'm always just like, I am so grateful for the people who have come together around this thing because everyone is in, you know? It's not just like, hey, it's the Kimo Brown show. It's like, no, everybody is in. And how many times have I asked for a random <laughs> meeting at the last minute? Like, hey, can you come tomorrow? Because <laughs> this thing just shifted. Help. And people are right there and they're on the call and they're vested and they're present. And so um, that that means the most 
to me. So well, I just wanted to say again, thank you both. Ah, yeah. Oh, thank you. We've talked a lot about your career your and your organizations and the commissions you're a part of and your groups. Um, and I'm going to be selfish again as a selfish Delaware-born filmmaker and bring it back to Delaware. Um, what, what is Akima's Brown, Akima Brown's rather, hope for the future of filmmaking in Delaware? What, what do you want to, what do you want to say? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> My hope for the future of Delaware filmmaking. I, so, and this is going to sound so cliche and corny. I want to see Delaware be the best Delaware that it can be. Like I, I want Delaware not to try mm -hmm. to emulate anywhere else. I don't want Delaware to be the next anything. Mm. I want Delaware to be Delaware. So is that, you know, Delaware leveraging the fact that it is, you know, one of the top performing healthcare, you know, uh, conglomerates in the country and utilizing that in terms of how we, you know, navigate through COVID? Awesome. Is it that we look at how we can get into, you know, um, OTA and OTP space where we're, you know, saying, hey, it's not just the production of content, but it's also the distribution of that content. Like, okay, cool. Like, what is Delaware's thing? Mm -hmm. What is our, that's what I want. I want yeah. Delaware to find its thing. I want Delaware to own its thing. And then I want Delaware to build its thing. Like, that's what I want for Delaware film. Oh my God, that's this campaign yeah. slogan right there. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like getting all well like said. fired up. <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. Oh, no, that's incredible. Akima, um, wow, that's what a great like that, wow, okay. Sorry, a little lost <laughs> words. Um, really happens. Um, but Akima, no, I would I definitely want to like turn the tables around to you though. If there's anything that uh we've talked about a lot of things, but I want to give you an opportunity for something that you know we haven't asked you about specifically that you wanted to use this platform to talk about. Um I think I would love to speak to, and it still pertains to, you know, Friends of Delaware film, um, but I'd love to speak to what is possible with respect to where we are right now with like rebuilding the commission um, and leveraging government support in that. Um, you know, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, like with the letter. Mm -hmm. And that validation of the film industry, um, I think right now we do have this sort of, again, we talked about this a little bit, but we have this sort of film production, serious film, if you will, serious film versus film festivals. And it's not an either or, right? It's both and. And I think that when people hear about film in Delaware, right now, they think about the festivals, they think about the nonprofit um, film programs that, that go on throughout the state. And there really isn't an understanding of for-profit creative economy and film in that space. That's something I'd love to there was somebody out there uh, that was interested in getting involved in uh, Friends of Delaware Film in some capacity, whether they're filmmakers or whether they're just passionate about supporting artists, whatever it is. What would be, besides just, you know, following the Instagram, getting on the lift serve, attending the meetings, things like that, what are, what's, what's the, 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 the need now? So our need right now as Friends of Delaware Film is really rebuilding our film commission and determining what the purpose of that commission is going to be. Um, in, in my opinion, the commission really has a great opportunity to sort of bridge a gap and create a central space for filmmakers. And whether that be commercial filmmakers who are working on film production, narrative film, documentary, things of that nature, or even the film festivals that are here in the state. I think that what we really need are people who are willing to come on and sort of volunteer in an advisory capacity to let our government officials know this is what's possible, this is what's here, this is where we are. Um, if there are any economists out there listening, <laughs> um, I know that we do have several throughout the state who have worked on a number of nonprofit initiatives 
um, you know, helping them to sort of quantify in terms of industry support and things like that. We need to know what what's possible here in Delaware and what does that look like? And we need people who are willing to come on board to help us with that. And, um, you know, that may look like volunteer hours. It might look like support. It might look like, you know, fundraising or campaigning. But we definitely need to bridge that gap between what currently exists, which is very much a nonprofit filmmaking presence in Delaware and leveraging that in it to expand what is possible for a for-profit creative economy. But we need the commission to be fully functional in order for that to happen. And if there was somebody out there that, um, that checked w- one or all of those boxes, what's the best way for them to do that? Is it, is it joining the listserv? Is it contacting you directly? How do people you know, uh, serve in that capacity? What's the first step? Oh, the very first step, if you would like to email us at hello at friendsofdefilm.com, uh, by all means, you can email us there. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter on those same handles at Friends of DE Film. Um, you know, you can find us on Facebook. Same thing. We have a group. We have we have a page, um, Friends of Delaware Film. So by all means, look us up and and you know get connected. Send a direct message. Send a ping. Uh, join the group. Follow us on Instagram. Leave it, you know, but definitely please reach out and, and connect because this is such a pivotal and critical mission. And again, it's not simply film. It's the entire creative economy. It's really looking at that whole ecosphere and how we all work together. And this is one small part. And so if you work in live action entertainment, if you work in, you know, musical theater, if you work in music productions, um, there's the Firefly Festival that's, you know, coming up. That's going to be ginormous. Like if you're involved in that and you have any idea of how creative economy has been successful in Delaware thus far and can kind of aid and guide those of us trying to build a new sector, because that's really all it is of that creative economy, then by all means, please reach out. Let us know. Like we're, we're here to learn as much as do. So, well. Well said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once again, well said. Like, like that. Touche. Yeah. Uh, Akima, thank you so much for taking the yeah. time out of your crazy busy. I have no idea how you eat, sleep, and operate uh, the <laughs> schedule. I just sit down with us and and talk about you and, and all the things and all the um, projects that you are um, involved in. Um, couldn't be more appreciative, and also of the insight you provided thank us you. as well. No, thank you both for having me. I enjoyed this thoroughly and. Hopefully we'll get to do it again in a little bit and, and we'll be talking yeah. about this created economy. Hey, and absolutely. I love that. I support that. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode, our sixth episode of Martini Shot. To take a look at what we're working on, casting calls, newsletters, and more, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Nanico and our website, which is www.nanti.co. Also, you can find us on YouTube and TikTok. Catch us next week.